This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. While becoming mortgage-free wasn't required for us to experience these five benefits that I just shared, it sure made it a lot easier. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three different things. First, we'll be discussing what life looks like after the mortgage is paid off. We're going to be getting a little personal with some of the details that we've had in our mortgage-free journey. Second, we are back with our mortgage-free family segment. This quarter, we're featuring George Campbell from the Ramsey Solutions team in Nashville, Tennessee. George and his wife, Whitney, recently became mortgage-free, and he's sharing all the details of his journey as well with us today. And last but not least, my son Calvin's going to be joining me for another good word. With all the not-so-great news out there, Calvin and I are on a mission to celebrate some good news for you all today. All right, let's jump into today's show. Are you thinking of paying off your house this year? Or have you recently hit a major milestone of becoming mortgage-free? Well, maybe you're just simply wondering about what life would look like after the mortgage is paid off. Well, I'll tell you from experience, my friends, that this can be a life-changing decision. In 2017, our family paid off the mortgage on our $500,000 house, and we now live mortgage-free and completely debt-free. No payments to the bank, fewer worries about job loss or income drops, and there's just something about owning your home outright. After we paid off our house, we had a big decision to make. What do we do with all of this extra money? (laughs) It's a great problem to have, right? Since we were making extra principal payments, we had around $35,000 extra to allocate each year. That was a lot of money for us, 35K. Well, here's what we've done to build our wealth further, have more fun, and embrace exciting opportunities today. Number one, vacation more. The year after we paid off our mortgage, we traveled more than we ever had as a family. We went on an all-inclusive family vacation to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico in the spring. In the summer, we visited the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, as we like to do often. And then Southern California for a couple's getaway was our destination in the fall. And then to round out the year, we even went to Disney World. It was a great year. Some of these vacations were supplemented by travel rewards, cashback, credit card rewards, rewards, and airline miles. And in the case of the Disney World vacation, it was generous grandparents. But they would not have been possible without becoming mortgage-free and with the extra cash that we had available to us. Since we love traveling so much now, we allocate 10% of our annual budget specifically to travel. We automatically deposit money directly into our high-yield savings account with Ally each month, so we always have vacation money available when we want it. This winter, we're headed back to Mexico for some more fun in the sun, especially during our Michigan cold winters. It's a needed thing. So goodbye, mortgage, and hola, Cancun. Number two, invest more. 
With more cash available, we had thousands of more opportunities to invest our money. After all, the best way to create the future you want tomorrow is to invest your money today. Here are some of the routes we took for our investments. 401k. We continued to max out my employer-sponsored retirement plan because of the 15% match that I received on all contributions. By the time I left my job in 2020, we had a balance of nearly $200,000. We also use Roth IRAs. For a few years, we maxed out those Roth IRAs. This tax-advantaged vehicle allowed us to amass a sizable nest egg for our retirement as well. Today, we have around $200,000 in our Roth IRAs collectively. And then we also used a health savings account, or HSA. We learned the power of the HSA after paying off our mortgage. This savings and investment option allows you to sock away money for future healthcare costs. With the cost of healthcare rising more and more each year, we're happy we're planning ahead. We partner with Lively for our HSA, by the way. If you want to learn more about Lively, I'll put their link in our show description. And then we also invested with 529 college savings accounts. The total cost of public in-state universities for our children in the 2030s will be around $200,000 each. That's why we're investing for their future with 529 college savings plans. Instead of throwing it in a savings account, we're investing money while they are young so we can help them graduate student debt free. Number three, maximize life experiences more. Outside of long-term planning with our investing, we were both ready to enjoy some short-term upgrades as well. We did this by saving cash automatically each month in our Ally savings account. Ally's buckets feature, which I've talked about a lot on the show, makes this process easy and fun. We could visually see how much we had in each bucket and get excited as we were approaching our milestone goal numbers. Outside of the vacation bucket, which I already spoke about, here are some of the savings buckets we've been able to enjoy already. A new-to-us car. After 14 years of driving the same sedan, our growing family was ready for a new-to-us SUV. With around $30,000 saved up in one of our Ally buckets, we recently bought a gently used Acura MDX, and we love it. We use it for road trips, we use it for soccer tournaments and uh, trips to Home Depot and Costco when you got a lot of stuff you need to put in the trunk, you know. And after enjoying this SUV so much, we decided it was time to upgrade our other 13-year-old car that we had. Last year, we got a new Ford Mustang Mach-E. Yes, we've gone electric for that one. It's been a full year now, and I love driving it, and so does Nicole. Driving new or newer cars is such a refreshing change after a decade plus with older cars. The technology nowadays is just insane. You know, we'd see the, <laughs> in our old cars, we, I don't even think we had Bluetooth in our old cars. That's right. And then backup cameras and lane adjustments and what's it called? Blue Cruise and my Mach-E where I could just kind of push the button and that drives for me. It's pretty insane. And going fully electric with the Mach-E has been a lot of fun as well. Without going into like a full car review, which I might do in the future, I'll say my favorite pros are the speed. It's kind of crazy how fast it goes. And the fact that I never have to go to a gas station ever again, which is pretty cool. And then my only con right now is the general range anxiety with the lack of charging stations. But that's kind of common knowledge for everybody. Hopefully they will uh, improve that in the future. 
And then also an updated home is something we've used for our buckets as well. During the pandemic, we were just kind of like sitting around our house a lot and our curious minds, I sort of found ways to improve it, right? Luckily, we had enough money in our home improvement bucket to pay for an updated kitchen. We created a new bar top and an overall kind of open air feel to our first floor. It has been so worth it. Also, with the extra money we had, we also replaced our entire driveway and we redesigned our bedroom with all new furniture as well. Additionally, another bucket we had was, surprise, surprise, it it actually had a little cute character of a cat on it. It was for new pets. (laughs) We also bought some pandemic pets during the pandemic. Two hypoallergenic Siberian kittens became our kids' new best friends. And there's just something about these digital buckets. I love it. It feels like you're getting permission to spend and enjoy your money, especially with the little picture of whatever it is on there. It says the name and then a picture. You're like, oh, that's what I have to use it for. It's been a game changer for our family in this mortgage-free stage of our lives. Number four give more. Around the time we paid off our mortgage, I realized that we were only giving 1% of our after-tax income. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I felt like we could do more. Jumping all the way to like 5% or 10% sounded like the right move in theory, but in practice, it was a lot more difficult. So we decided to ladder up our giving over the next few years. In year one, we made the goal of giving 3%. And then in year two, we went for 5%. Each of these progressive goals made the process more fun, and we discovered some causes and charities that really moved our hearts. Today, we do 10% giving, but with sort of our own spin on it. 5% goes to family and friends through gifts, cash, and contributions to start their investment journeys like my nieces and nephews. And then 4% goes to charitable organizations and causes. And then 1% is given out randomly to our neighbors through big tips, like we do with Big Tip Tuesday, or through random acts of kindness. In the beginning, giving away this much of our money felt really difficult. Now, it's one of our favorite things to do with our money. It's been a very positive way that life changes after the mortgage is paid off. And then number five, work less. In 2020, I took the plunge into entrepreneurship. I left my cushy corporate career to pursue my small business and grow it. I could not have felt confident enough to do this if we hadn't paid off our mortgage early. Even if I completely screw up this small business, I know that we'll never lose our house. We own it outright, and that peace of mind helps me rest easy at night. I left a nice career with excellent benefits that paid me, oh, uh, more than double than what I'm making right now as a family finance coach. But I'll tell you, every minute that I'm able to produce my podcast, write an article, speak at a conference, coach couples on their finances, and make videos, I'm happier than I've ever been working. I never knew working could feel like this. Recently, my wife decided to change careers too. She works part-time as an esthetician. We both work around 20 to 30 hours per week. We meet up for lunch. It's, It's great. But by working less, we're able to live more. It's been great for our marriage. It's been great for our relationship with our kids and for our health. 
While becoming mortgage-free wasn't required for us to experience these five benefits that I just shared, it sure made it a lot easier. Well, enough from my side, everyone. I want to hear from you. What would life look like after the mortgage is paid off for you? If you had your extra mortgage payment and maybe any extra principal payments you're paying towards it set aside each month, what would you do with that extra money? Please let me know by sharing this episode on social media and tagging me at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram or Facebook or at Andy Hill MKM on LinkedIn. Let's keep this conversation going. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. How would you like to own your home outright? What would it feel like to never make a mortgage payment ever again? On our mortgage-free segment today, we're going to interview George Campbell from the Ramsey team in Nashville, Tennessee. Recently, George and his wife, Whitney, became mortgage-free. Today, we're going to learn how they accomplished this family financial goal and what they're doing with their money now. Welcome to the show, George. Thanks for having me, Andy. Always good to be with you. Absolutely. Well, it's good to hang out with you. I know we've met each other in person a few years ago down in Nashville, and that was a lot of fun. So I'm glad to be chatting with you today about your mortgage-free story. I like to start off with these quick, short answers so people understand how you did this mortgage-free thing. Can you talk to us about what your starting mortgage principal balance was? 
Sure. So when my wife and I got married, we got our first townhome together. Our mortgage was $165,000. Awesome. $165,000. And then how long did it take you to pay off that $165,000? Well, we got a 15-year fixed-rate conventional loan, like we always preach here at Ramsey. But we had an aggressive goal to pay it off early in three years. And because my wife is extra driven. She said, we can beat that. And so we ended up doing it in 26 months, just over two years, we got rid of that mortgage. That is incredible. What a pace. And uh, yeah, now you're mortgage free. That's awesome. So now that's what 26 months ago, real estate values have gone up a little bit. What's the home value today? Oh yeah. So we paid it off. This was December, 2021. We paid it off. And we did our debt-free screen with with Dave on the show while I was on the Ramsey show. I ran out from behind the desk out to the lobby and we did our debt-free screen. So this was a little while back, but the home value, we purchased at 300. And so we put a huge chunk down. We'll talk about that soon. The home value, because we are in one of the wealthiest counties in Tennessee, it's crazy out here. And so it was in Thompson Station, which is just south of Franklin, Tennessee, if you've been in that area in Williamson County. And so the house appreciated in from, we bought it in August of 2019 and it appreciated $229,000. So 300 up to 529 just a few years later, which was a huge blessing. And I understand people are, you know, they're like, man, I wish I, wish I could have bought in 2019 instead of 2021 or 2022. Oh my gosh. That's what happens to real estate values though. I mean, they go up. So you own this half a million dollar home outright now at this point in your life. That's incredible, George. Talk to us about why you wanted to become mortgage-free in the first place. What was your motivation? Well, at the time, my wife and I, you know, my wife works at Ramsey Solutions, so we we both had drank the Kool-Aid. So by the time we met, <laughs> I had already got out of consumer debt. She's much smarter, much better looking than me. So when we met, she was already debt-free, had been living a debt-free life. And that really set us on a great track because when you're married with a pile of money in the bank, it changes the game as far as what your next financial goal is. And so the goal was, let's put as big of a down payment as we can on this townhome. Let's pay it off as early as possible. And the real why was just us going, what would it be like to have no mortgage payment in our early 30s? What kind of options would that give us? What kind of life would that give us down 10, 20 years from now? How much more could we give and accomplish our giving goals? And how much more could we save? And what kind of things could we just spend and, and enjoy if we had that kind of margin with no mortgage payment, that kind of freedom? And so that, that was really the why. It was just kind of like, that sounds like a good plan. And even before we had kids, to have dual income, no kids. We call them dinks. We were dink wads. Dual income, no kids with a dog. <laughs> so our French bulldog was basically our kid. And I would, I would venture to say that dog has cost us more than our new baby has. So suffice it to say. So that was kind of our goal was let's knock this all out while we're young. We have our energy. We don't have kids yet. We both are working. Let's just knock this out and be done with it. Let's talk about the home down payment buildup, because I think that's a sticking point for a lot of millennials in America right now. We're like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine saving up this amount of money. Talk to us about the steps that you took to build up that home down payment and, and even where you put it, because I know that's a question for people. Do I invest this home down payment? Do I save it? Talk to us about that process. Yeah, absolutely. So this townhome wasn't my first home. And so I want to caveat that there was a little bit of equity from my first townhome purchase years back. And so we had that pile of money, plus the savings we already had going into marriage. And then we still had an aggressive goal to save up six figures in down payment, which is a goal for a lot of people these days. And so I wasn't going to go to Dave Ramsey and be like, hey, Dave, can I get a raise? I'm working really <laughs> hard and I need to save a down payment. Instead, you know, we, we were making good money, but we decided we need to make more money. And so I started looking at side hustles that I could do 
even though we were debt free, I wanted to amplify this down payment savings goal. And so I looked at my skill set and I went, okay, I, I know social media, email marketing, website building, MC for events. And so I did all of that. I was building websites for entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, podcasters, and I would charge, you know, 600 bucks or a thousand bucks to build these websites using Squarespace. And that was a great little side income I could do from home on the nights and weekends. And I even did a stint where I hosted 10 events that were not a part of Ramsey. There was a couple that was doing Enneagram coaching. So they would do these Enneagram-based events all over the country. And I did 10 of those. And that was, a, you know, another nice chunk of change. I don't know if it was, you know, $1,000 per event or something like that traveling around. And so all of that just sort of kept adding to the pile. And it gets exciting when you start to see that getting built up and it makes you want to keep doing that. We stored that in a high yield savings account. So I did not want to invest this money because if you do that, you'll notice the market has fluctuations. So when you're ready to go buy that house and you need that money now and the market just took a dip, that's a really depressing realization that you not only didn't make money, you may have lost money. So putting in a high yield savings account, I think at the time we were freaking out because it was like a 2% savings interest rate. Now you can get four or 5% in the current market and economy. And so I tell people as depressing as it is, to look at the housing market, savings rates have never been higher on these savings accounts. So if you have 100000 in there, that's $5,000 you could be making a year just by storing that money. So that's what we did. We both worked our tails off and I was taking the brunt on the side hustles just because uh, you know I didn't mind grinding it out on nights and weekends to make a little extra money. I love it. Well, it sounds like it's paid off. And how old are you and your wife today? I am 34 and she's about to be 33. But we had paid it when we paid it off. I was, she was 32. I was 33 at the time. Investing, obviously, this comes into the journey as well. You're paying off debt. You're getting rid of those things, but you're also accumulating assets. How did you guys balance that as a part of your mortgage payoff journey? Yeah. So in the Ramsey baby steps, we fell into what we call baby steps four, five, six, meaning we're out of debt. We have an emergency fund. We're investing 15% of our in income into retirement. We're putting money away for college. We didn't have kids at the time. So we leapfrogged that step, which led us to baby step six, which is pay off the home early. Any extra money outside of that 15% investing, let's throw it at the mortgage. And so that's exactly what we did. We never stopped investing. And that's the thing. People always say, well, why would you not invest instead of paying off the mortgage early? You should be investing instead. I went, we're doing that too. We're going to be fine on the investing side. We're young. We're consistently putting 15% away. But in the meantime, before retirement, I want to have freedom. I don't want to have a mortgage payment hanging around my neck for 15 years, let alone 30 plus. I love that. I love that. Now, when people hear this aggressive pay down time frame, they're thinking, oh, how much are these people making? Now, I did a survey of my audience and it's around the majority of the folks who listen to the show are between $100,000 and $200,000 household income. Are you guys in that range? Yeah, when we so when we got married, we hit that six-figure mark because of our dual incomes, which was awesome. That's a huge blessing to have that I understand is not a reality for a lot of people who may have a one-income household or maybe combined don't hit that six-figure mark. So when we got married, we were right in that range, and that really helped us on top of side hustles and on top of you know spending less than we make on a budget, cutting expenses down. We were like weird in how aggressive we were. We were kind of living like broke people because of how excited we were to have no mortgage. And so that's a huge part of the puzzle is income. And so I don't want to minimize that. People go, well, he must have been paid a whole lot of money and he made a million dollars. I wasn't a personality yet. You know, when we were experiencing this debt payoff, the very tail end of this thing is when I was knighted personality from host and stepped into more teaching and being on the show and all of that. And so I want to encourage people that income is something that is in your control. 
if you're willing to go out there and get it. And that may look like Ubering and lifting and Instacarting and door dashing, but it also might look like overtime or using your skill set to do freelance work. And so there's so many opportunities out there in today's world that didn't exist 10, 20 years ago. And so the opportunity is there for you to increase that income, even double your income. And we hear those stories as people do their debt-free screams on The Ramsey Show. I think that's a really important thing that you brought up there too, especially utilizing your skill set. When you talked about those side hustles or increasing your income, it's all things that you had a skill in as opposed to the sort of the non-skilled things that maybe would pay a little bit less money. I remember interviewing Jade Orshaw on the show too, paying off almost a half a million dollars of debt. And a big part of that journey for her was like, hey, what can we do to amplify our income? What can we do to get out of this hole? And that sounds like exactly what you guys were able to do in utilizing your skills. Now, how did things change for you guys when you became mortgage-free? Was this just another step in the process? Did you guys adjust how you utilized your money? Talk to us about that. Absolutely. So, you know, as we do our budget, we use an app called Every Dollar that Ramsey created. It's fantastic. And so in our budget, when you go out and you zero out that mortgage, now you still have to pay property taxes and homeowners insurance. So it doesn't go from, <laughs> you know, $2,000 to zero, but it may go from $2,000 to three or $400 that you need to put away to cover those expenses. And so you think about, you know, whatever your mortgage payment is, take out principal and interest and see what that does for your budget. You all of a sudden may have $1,500 or $2,000 that you now have freed up to do whatever you want with. And so what we did is we just increased each part of our life. So giving, we increased that. And now we have a separate bless up fund where we get to really just look up and out for opportunities to give spontaneously. We can do some more planned giving. There's friends that are missionaries and we get to support them monthly on an ongoing basis now. There's charities. I love charity water. And so getting to support something like that ongoing on a monthly basis is great. And if there's a need among our friends and family, we can just send them a Venmo, write them an anonymous cash envelope at their door, write them a check and just go, hey, I know life's tough right now. I hope this helps. And that kind of stuff is really where joy comes from when it comes to money. And then the other side is spending. And so I like to dangle a carrot. I need that drive in my life. And so the, the carrot was, I was driving a 2009 Honda Civic with a bumper hanging off. Dave Ramsey was making <laughs> fun of me for this. You know, going like, come on, dude, it's time to upgrade. And I went, not until I pay off the house. And so that's when I finally upgraded from my 09 Civic to a new-to-me car. It still wasn't a brand new car. And so that was my big... I guess our big spend after paying off the house to treat myself. You know you need to upgrade when Dave Ramsey's making fun of what you're driving, right? Yeah, and to his point, it was, I mean, it was, I had paid $6,000 for this car. and it, it was a great car. You know, people like to bash the old beater car, but it was a great car to me. And the only reason I upgraded was for fun because we didn't have a mortgage payment. And so I bought a, it was a 2013 Tesla Model S. So it's now 10 years old. She still drives like a champ. It's my daily driver and I and I love it. We did the 10 year plus cars thing for a really long time and we just upgraded both of our cars and it was crazy. Like we didn't have Bluetooth. We didn't have backup cameras. We didn't have like all these safety features. Oh, and yeah. so my wife and I get into the car, we're like, what is all this stuff? This is it's amazing. Overwhelming. <laughs> it makes you feel like old. You're like, am I a boomer? What's happening? Yeah, There's no, so no tape deck, no, no CD thing. deck. It's like <laughs> you're scared. You're scared to drive it because you're like, I think I'm going to crash this thing. I might hit a button wrong. Now you have a two month old. You just told me before we started chatting. How does this mortgage free journey and all that you're doing to build your wealth affect your generational wealth plans for the future? Talk to us about that. Man, well, you know, I didn't come from money. My parents were immigrants from the Middle East. And so 
we're kind of changing our family tree, going from not a place of survival, to, but to a place of thriving to where we go, she's never going to have to worry about money. Her college is going to be covered. She's not going to go into student loan debt like I did when I was younger. She's going to have all of the expenses covered. Mom and dad aren't going to be fighting about money. She's not going to grow up seeing that because there's no money fights to be had. We're on a, a written plan every month. We're aligned in our values and our principles. And so that's huge. I'm excited to see her grow up. The biggest problem I have now is helping her you know, fight against entitlement because as you know, when you raise a kid in an environment that doesn't have money stress, the challenge becomes how do we make sure she still has gratitude and contentment when it comes to stuff and not just feeling like, money, please. And so I'm excited to teach her as she grows that money comes from work. Money doesn't just come from mom, mommy and daddy's wallet for allowance. But as Dave said, she's got me wrapped around her finger. And so, you know, if she wants the pony, we're going to have to go, all right, I guess we need a pony fund now. She's got to get what she wants. So that's going to be the fun challenge to have. But we're so excited. We've already, you know, started funding her 529 plan for college. And it was a, it was a moment to go like, things change. Things are going to change. Our family's forever going to be different because of the sacrifice we made for those few years. We too are funding our children's 529 plans. But at the same time, we're seeing we're seeing this student loan debt crisis and college increase of costs, just sort of ball of fire in the background and being like, is this worth it? You're a dad and you're just starting out now. You got 18 years before this decision. What are your thoughts in your brain right now as you're seeing all that's going on, the price increases, the student loan crisis? Is college worth it to you as a young father? I feel strongly that in 18 years from now, we're going to see college take a whole nother shift and turn to where less and less people are going to go, this doesn't make sense for me. It's not worth the purchase. You know, it's like if cars went up and there were $200,000 for a car, we'd all be like, we're going to get scooters and bikes. We're just going to start avoiding this because there's no ROI on this decision. And so for her, I just want her to have options and I don't want to get to the end. And she goes, oh, I do want to go to college. And it, my, my path to my career that I want to do that I love requires this further education. I don't want to go, well, we, we thought we, you might not go, so we didn't save anything, and now you got to go into student loan debt. I'd rather be prepared for that. And 529 plans, you can always draw against. If they get scholarships or grants for 20 grand, well, you can withdraw that tax-free to your bank account. And so there's also new Secure 2.0 Act provisions that allow you to move a portion of that money to a Roth IRA. And so I'm not concerned about losing that money. You can also change the beneficiary name later on. So it can go to a grandson, it can go to a sibling, you name it. Uh, we can keep that in the family and, and help others avoid the burden of student loan debt. I love the increased flexibility for the 529 as, as our kids are getting older. I too fall in the same category as you. I want her to have some options. I want my son to have some options. I have a communications degree. I'm a YouTuber now. You know what I mean? Like that's the reality <laughs> of it. And so who knows? We may all just be YouTubers 20 years from now making content. I have no idea. So pretty sure that's I'm, both I'm what my kids want to do. She goes. Yeah. Do you did you get a degree? Is I, that part I got of your a communications story? degree as well. And I also YouTube. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us YouTubers out there communicating. Hey, well, so, yeah, we, we, we're using the degree, it. right? I mean, it, yeah. we're communicating. So we are you. You want to make fun of communication <laughs> degrees, you're listening to us. We're not that's, listening to you, audience. That's, that's true. <laughs> make fun of it all you want. Absolutely. Uh, well, George, there's somebody listening that has heard your story or even been following me and they said, oh, both these guys, they probably paid off these super low interest mortgages. They could have made a lot more money in the stock market. That's a waste of money. What would you say to that person? Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to tell them 
try try having no mortgage and see how you like it. And you can always go back into debt later if you go, man, I'm, I'm way better off investing this money. I'd rather keep payments around forever so I can make a spread on the investment potentially. That's the other thing they don't think about. And the other piece of it is, you know, that's taxable income. If you have a gain or if even you put it in savings, that's taxable income. And I've got kind of this forced savings plan paying down this debt. We had a 3.625% mortgage. And we did, by the way, you know, no credit score, manual underwriting, and people go, you're going to get a jacked up interest rate. And I went, no, that was the that was a really good rate back then, even having no credit score. So I want to encourage people that it can be done that way. And for those that want to argue, that's fine. It's living rent-free in your head at that point while we don't even have a mortgage payment. And so to me, debt freedom is worth it. And we are already investing. We continued investing. We're going to be multi-millionaires by the time we retire. And so I was less worried about what's going to happen 30 years from now and more thinking about what kind of freedom could we have for the next 30 years as we get to enjoy our life with no mortgage payment. So that's my mentality around it. We can argue about math all day and what potentially could happen, but I live in reality and the reality is I got no payments. I like this life. I like this completely debt-free, completely mortgage-free millionaire life. I think it's working out. And honestly, if you guys are looking at those baby steps, they work, people. So as much as you want to throw some shade at this mortgage-free thing, take a look at it. And again, as George says, if you don't like it, you can always get another one. So George, you've got a great book that's coming out and I want to hear more about it. Tell people about it and where they can get it. Absolutely. So the book is called Breaking Free from Broke. The subtitle is The Ultimate Guide to More Money and Less Stress. And in the book, I open with my story of how we paid off our house. We went from broke to millionaire, being the average George, not coming from money, never thinking we could ever build wealth. And it all started with breaking free from the system that's designed to keep us broke. And so I lay out all of the myths and lies from the culture of debt, this toxic money culture around you know, credit scores, credit cards, student loans, auto loans, mortgages, investing traps, marketing, and consumerism. And so that's the first two-thirds of the book. As I lay it all out, I hit every objection I've ever heard, and I have so much research and data and humor and analogies to really make it conversational and make it stick. And the last third of the book is my version of our Ramsey plan, where I talk about how budgeting is freedom. Spending is self-control. Margin gives you breathing room. Savings is peace. Wealth is patience. And finally, generosity is joy. And so that's my thesis is if you can break free from this broken system, you can have abundant wealth. You can have options, freedom, margin, meaning, and joy on the other side. And it's possible for you. I love that. Break free from broke, everybody. Check it out. It is out now. George, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. Good talking with you. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Now, before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do me a quick favor. Please share your favorite Marriage, Kids, and Money content on social media and tag your friend Andy at Marriage, Kids, and Money on Instagram or Facebook or at Andy Hill MKM on LinkedIn. To encourage you to share your favorite episode, blog post, or video, any content Marriage, Kids, and Money's putting out, we're giving away free books from past podcast guests to one random person who shares our stuff. This quarter, we're giving away The Good Enough Job, Reclaiming Life from Work by Simone Stolzoff, A Healthy State of Panic by Farnoosh Torabi, and Everybody Fights, So Why Not Get Better at It by Kim and Penn Holderness. 
And speaking of promoting positive work and sharing good news, I found this good news story from visualcapitalist.com recently, and it's entitled, The S&P 500 Defied 2023 Expectations and Returned 24%. And to help me read this article and share the good word once again, I'm happy to be joined by my son, Calvin Hill. (laughs) Welcome back to the show, Calvin Hill. How are you, bud? Good. Good. Where are we right now, Calvin? In the car. Why are we in the car? Because um, I have to get to school. you got to get to school, right? And Daddy's trying to cram in a podcast and taking kids to school. Am I crazy? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Well, thank you for reading this good word with me. You want to jump into it? 2023 was supposed to be a tough year for stocks. However, consumers shrugged off higher interest rates, and investors were more optimistic than fearful, largely due to exuberance around AI. As a result, the S&P 500 rallied over 24% in 2023. Driving the S&P 500's returns in 2023 was the force of the Magnificent Seven. These mega caps, including Amazon, Apple, Nvidia, Tesla, Microsoft, Meta, and Alphabet, together they generated the lion's share of the index's returns. By contrast, a record 72% of stocks underperformed the S&P 500 index. Overall, 2023 stock market returns were not only rare, but comparatively quite strong. In the last 150 years of the stock market, this type of performance has only happened 21 times. Okay, well, so there's a lot of words in there that were probably new to you, but essentially what happened, Calvin, I'll show you this visual here. The S&P 500 is a group of stocks of 500 companies, right? Mm -hmm. And these are like the biggest, best companies in the United States, right? And so some of them I named already right there, these big ones. Amazon, you know that Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. Why why do you know Amazon? Um, Because we buy um, stuff off of it. We do. What ends up on our porch a lot? Amazon Amazon boxes, right? Yeah. And then you know Tesla, right? You see some Teslas around here. Mm -hmm. Who owns Tesla? Lachlan. <laughs> yeah, your buddy Lachlan. His daddy has or mommy has one. Do you know what, which person owns the company? Elon Musk. Elon Musk, right. Okay. And, and then Microsoft, maybe you've heard of them, maybe not. That's like software that yeah. we have to use at work. And then Meta, they own Instagram and Facebook. And then Alphabet owns Google. So you know a lot of those companies. And what does Google own? Something that you watch a lot. YouTube. YouTube, right? So, all these companies are pretty famous, right? You know a lot of them. You use some of them. Uh, I know you use Alphabet a lot with Google and YouTube. You want to hear something cool? (laughs) You own all of these companies, Calvin. You own a small share of all of these companies because you are an investor. Did you know that? Kind of. Kind of. Isn't that cool? So when they do really well, like 
they they go up twenty four percent in a year. What happens to you? I go up. Like, you go up twenty four percent, right? All the all the shares that you own go up too. So you want me to tell you how much money you made last year with your investments without doing anything? Try and guess. Twenty five dollars. Seven hundred dollars. You made seven hundred dollars just investing and doing nothing. Isn't that nice? Did I hear you right? You heard me. You heard me right, buddy. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, so do you know now that you've heard this information? Why do you think it's important to own stocks for a long time? Because I'd get more. You'd get more money, and what would you have to do to get that money? Nothing. Nothing. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah. Okay, good. You just learned about investing today, son. <laughs> <laughs> what if I get more shares? If you get, That's a great question. If you get more shares, what do you think would happen? If it went 24%. Uh-huh, you'd get... $1,000? Maybe you'd get $1,000. Essentially, you'd get more money, right? So, the more shares, the more stocks you own, over time... It might not go up 24% every year. On average, it usually goes up about 10%. Okay, so let me show you this chart here. So normally, see this chart? Mm -hmm. This is over the last 150 years. So mm -hmm. what happened in 2023 is pretty rare because it was in this 20 to 30% range. So it hasn't happened that often. But this kind of happens the most of the time, right? Around 10 to 20%, right? Mm -hmm. Around this area. So even 10%. That's you making money and doing nothing. So yes, to answer your question, the more stocks you own, the longer you hold them, the more money you can make from doing... Nothing. Nothing. Oh, I love this episode. This is great. What a good word this is. All right, I want you to help me read the shout-out of the month, and we're going to give away an awesome book to someone who supported our show, our content online. And since the last good word, we received three social shout-outs. All right, I can't seem to figure out Siri, everybody, so we're just going to have Calvin pick a random number between one and three. Say, blah, blah, blah. Calvin, pick a random number between one and three. It's two. It's two! Well, our second social shout-out comes from Dallas Trippy Nationwide Detailing on LinkedIn who shared our recent post about Big Tip Tuesday Giving, they said... Love these ideas. Simple way to give a little holiday cheer. Awesome. And they said, what is it? Hashtag make someone's day. Dallas Trippy Nationwide Detailing, thank you so much for the shout-out. We really appreciate it. I'm going to be DMing you on LinkedIn with my thanks, and I'd like to offer you one of these books that we mentioned today from our past podcast guests. If you want to share your favorite MKM content on social media and tag us, everybody, you can do that at Marriage, Kids, and Money on Instagram or Facebook or at Andy Hill MKM on LinkedIn. You'll have the chance for Calvin to pick your name, and we are going to maybe read it out loud, and then then you get a book from us, which would be awesome. Calvin and I are going to be here next month sharing the good word with the same books. Calvin, thank you so much. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my son Calvin is going to end the show with a quote today from Toni Morrison. The function of freedom is to free someone else. 
Excellent. Keep sharing the good word and others will experience positive effects too, everybody. Carpe diem!